about topics and issues from the lens of two Khmer American sisters and other diverse community leaders. Today's topic is called Building Self-Confidence as Female Asian Americans in a Western Society. We will discuss societal beauty standards and expectations, as well as health, happiness, and well-being from the perspectives of four Southeast Asian American women who come from diverse cultures, including Cambodian, Vietnamese, and Indonesian. Welcome back to Two American Sisters. We are Jasmine and Melissa. Um, I want to say thank you, Kathy and Frida, for joining us. It's so nice to see you. Thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, and it's nice to um, be all together for this episode. Um, I hope that everyone at home is staying safe and healthy. And today we have a special treat for you. We have invited our friends Kathy and Frida to elevate our conversation around beauty, health, and confidence. We will be sharing our perspectives and experiences with one another. Kathy is a returning guest on our podcast. You may have heard from her on our previous episode called Breaking the Bamboo Ceiling. If you haven't checked that out, we encourage you to do so. Kathy, I think it's so funny how we met. Um, <laughs> okay, so we I were at U- about it. <laughs> yeah, we were at UW, the University of Washington. It was our freshman year. I was in the bathroom, like it was the communal bathroom, you know? Mm-hmm. So I had taken a shower, I took out my contacts, I was brushing my teeth, and all of a sudden, the fire alarm went on. <laughs> Wait, was this at the dorm or like the fitness center? At the dorm. Dorm, yeah. So I was dressed, you know, I was washing my, I was brushing my teeth. Um, so then we had to evacuate outside and it was dark, you know, um, and I don't know how we ended up meeting. I think we were just like making comments about like what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually know how Kathy looked like <laughs> because I didn't have my contacts or glasses on. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> so like we talked about K-pop and then she gave me her phone number and then I had no idea how she looked like when we met the next day. <laughs> but I think it's so funny well, how I'm, we met. I'm glad Kathy remembered what you look like so that you guys could reconnect <laughs> yeah. the fire drill. Yeah, yeah. But it was I funny. had my glasses, thankfully. <laughs> Yeah, we always wish that we could have been roommates because we're mm-hmm. so alike, you know, and we had troubles with our roommates. So, yeah, but I'm so happy that I met you, Kathy. Kathy, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners again in case if they don't know you? Thanks for having me again. Uh, <laughs> happy to be back on the podcast. Uh, my name is Kathy uh, and I identify as Vietnamese American. And uh, yeah, that was definitely a memorable meeting, very unique and unexpected, <laughs> but we connected instantly. Um, and I didn't know that she couldn't see me during like that first while that we were friends. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, I wasn't about to go up close to your face. You know? I didn't know you like that. <laughs> Thanks for introducing yourself, Kathy, and it's great to have you back on our podcast. So now I want to introduce my friend, I met Ferda all the way back to middle school. And mm-hmm. on the first day that we both started middle school, um, I remembered entering the gymnasium and it, I think it was orientation. Um, and then I didn't know who to sit with. So I looked up and I think I saw Ferda sitting on the bleachers, like the second or third row. And then I decided I'm gonna sit next to the first Asian girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll make a connection that way. And, you know, we, I don't know who who initiated it, but we quickly uh, became very good friends after that. Farida, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, <laughs> I'm Farida, and I identify as an Asian American. And um, yeah, I met Melissa all the way back in the sixth grade. And we had so many classes together. I think we had just about every single class together. And I think that really, really cemented, you know, <laughs> our friendship because I think we had we had gym, we had reading, and then we had language arts, social studies, we had science together. And we probably did that intentionally. <laughs> yeah. We just became good friends and it was, you know, it was something that that was, I think it was meant to happen. Like, how could we not become friends? We saw each other all the time. We had the same lunch together. And yeah, and the rest yeah. is history. Yeah, I mean, we've had our ups and downs, but we've re- reconnected and I'm so happy that you're, you know, in my life for that. Thank you, Farida. So let's touch on the beauty industry. 
Did you know that it's estimated to be a $425 billion industry? And that includes everything from hair and skin to makeup. And across the world, we all want to feel and look beautiful. And it varies from country to country, culture to culture. And even going back to the 4000 BC, historians can trace the use of beauty products and cosmetics back to when the ancient Egyptians used coal, spelled K-O-H-L, to create dramatic eyes like eyeliner and eyeshadow. We feel that it's important to talk about our thoughts on beauty from multiple cultural viewpoints, our personal experiences of using makeup and why we do so, and how that has changed from our teens to our 20s and 30s now. We want to start off by saying these are our personal opinions. Every person has unique experiences and challenges. Do what is best for you that makes you feel the healthiest and happiest inside and out. We want you to know that we all have insecurities and that no one is perfect. This episode is to help those who might lack self-confidence and are curious to know how we, as young female Southeast Asian Americans, have dealt with beauty pressures growing up and how our outlook on beauty has evolved over time. So now let's talk about Western media. We often see beautiful, skinny, but curvy women being portrayed and they're normally white or European, and, you know, we see them in films, commercials, music videos, social media, and the list goes on. On the flip side, we see K-pop culture heavily influenced in Asia, like seeing women who are cute and have doll-like features, they're normally fair-skinned, and, you know, they slightly have European features like big eyes, petite nose. So, why is this all important? It's because that we feel as Southeast Asian American women, we tend to fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to others and constantly confused on what is considered beautiful and having low self-confidence as a result of not looking like what we are seeing in the Western and or Asian mainstream media. So today we want to dive into a couple of questions. At what age did we start caring about our looks? What were some of the challenges and pressures to keep up with the beauty standards and expectations that we dealt with growing up and even to this very day? And how do we find confidence and happiness in ourselves despite what society and the media is telling us to do? So friends, I'd like for us to begin our discussion on the differences between Asian beauty standards versus American slash Western beauty standards. What are beauty issues that Asian Americans constantly deal with? So to start, I do want to share my experience of some aha moments when I traveled to Asia. In the third world countries like Cambodia, yes, you will find smaller sizes when you go shopping compared to the U.S. Since in the U.S., obesity is a very large issue. Um, however, when I did travel to like Japan and Singapore, which are countries that are much more modern and advanced, I was pleasantly surprised to have bought the best pair of yoga pants from Uniqlo, which fit me perfectly. In the US or in Europe, this would never ever happen. Pants will always be too long for me and I would need to tailor it or fold it at the bottom. I also noticed that when I bought makeup in Asia, the color options were plentiful and the options that were available were much more complementary to my skin and features versus in America, we tend to go for more bold colors rather than neutral like in Asia. So along those lines, as an American, I think that we face many issues and challenges in keeping up with beauty standards and expectations, especially when the products that are available to us do not even complement us as Asians. It's more catered to white or European people with different facial features than us. Another major difference that I see is that in the Western world, we value being tan, while in Asia, we value being fair-skinned and having, you know, lighter skin. So colorism definitely plays a huge role in our cultural differences of what we um, define what beauty is. And I do want to open this up to you ladies to speak on this as well. So Melissa talked about skin color, you know, white versus tan. Um, I wanted to touch upon the type of makeup 
um, and the differences between that. So in Asian culture, they tend to, in the media, in, in their products, they tend to promote light makeup, like very natural makeup. So you won't see them wearing like false lashes. Um, you won't really see them putting a lot of foundation on. They're more about like skincare and making sure that their skin stays healthy. But in Western culture, as you probably see on Instagram, you know, in movies, there's just a lot of emphasis on glam makeup, really heavy makeup that may not be healthy for your skin. And it's almost like piling on a bunch of products, you know, and it's beautiful. Like, I'm not saying that it's not, but I think like for the everyday makeup, I think it's a little bit much. So it's just like interesting about the differences between what's considered beautiful. Um, and then I'll also touch upon the type of, how do you call it? Like clothing or the style Maybe of fashion. Fashion, yeah. Asians tend to be more conservative. Um, and then Western, in Western culture, they tend to be a little bit more showy. Yeah, so more revealing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that can be due to like religion or just like their culture values, cultural values. Um, but yeah, like in Asian cultures, they don't really tend to show their chest, you know, maybe not much of their legs. They just are very private about that. And it's beautiful too, to see the different types of fashion that these cultures have. Yeah, to add on to what uh, Melissa and Jasmine brought up, like, I think one that I've noticed a lot is about your body figure, like it, and it's confusing growing up here, because you'll have people saying, oh, you're like too skinny, but then you'll hear from like, family, especially like, no, you need to lose more weight kind of <laughs> perspective. Yeah, it's pretty damaging, like for and confusing, because like, you don't know, like, which do you listen to, but um, and that's a challenge too, because that can lead to like eating disorders and like um, body dysmorphia. Body dysmorphia and eating disorders are prevalent issues in both Western and Asian societies. Body dysmorphia is a mental disorder characterized by the obsessive idea that some aspect of one's own body part or appearance is severely flawed and therefore warrants exceptional measures to hide or fix it. It can be really dangerous. Eating disorders are mental health conditions marked by an obsession with food or body shape. They can affect anyone, but are most prevalent among young women. Eating disorders are a range of psychological conditions that cause unhealthy eating habits to develop. They might start with an obsession with food, body weight, or body shape. If you fall into any of these categories, we urge you to seek help as soon as possible. Note that we are not medical professionals, so we cannot offer you valid advice, but we care about you and want you to get the help you need if you do feel that you have one of these issues. I think you three ladies have pretty much um, touched on most of it. All I have to add on to that is um, just what I experienced myself growing up um, and what I've seen to this day still. It's true, it's sad, but it's true. Um, that I think, you know, the lighter you are, the more beautiful you are considered. We know that that's, you know, due to colonialism, um, but we're not going to get on that. Um, but from what I, um, from, from what I experienced growing up, you know, I was nine and we were living in Southern California where it got super hot and it's, and I tan very easily. And, you know, I didn't really have any concept of you know oh light skin is good or you know dark skin is bad or whatever um i didn't really have you know much of a consciousness or awareness the underlying meanings of that and i was just a kid you know i just i enjoyed being outside and my mom and i don't think she meant any harm i think it's just conditioning on her part and you know she would say to me i was like oh you you got so dark you know and I didn't really understand why that was such a big deal. I'm like, okay, well, that's what happens when you're yeah. out on the sun, <laughs> right. out in the sun. That's what, you know, that's what's going to happen. And I didn't really, I never really cared much for what I looked like. And it was just a lot of conditioning, mm -hmm. but um, that was that. And to this day, you know, let's see, I'm, I'm pretty old, but um, <laughs> years, years later, um, I still, you know, witness this um, on, you know, on my family's side, living overseas, 
um, where that is heavily, you know, encouraged or for a lack of a better word, um, you know, I'm not going to name who, but certain members of my family, you know, they, they tend to, I wouldn't say bleach your skin, but they tend to wear those lightning lotion or whatever. And, um, and they definitely do value the Western, you know, mm -hmm. standard beauty standard. And they wear those contacts mm -hmm. that the make their lenses. eyes look larger mm -hmm. and yes. And, you know, it's so obvious. I'm like, well, you don't got to do that, you know, but hey, you know, they're, they're adults, they're in their mm -hmm. 50s and 40s. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, they, they know better, but it's just their own decision. But, you know, that is what I am observing. I know it was like a joke growing up, but sometimes my family would say, oh, you're the brown one, you know, because my other sisters are white skin. And it's interesting because today I had a racial equity meeting, and shout out to Jenny if you're listening. Um, but Jenny shared that in Japanese culture, brown skin is considered... This, the low status of people who are working outside. And then the white, white shaded people um, are inside, you know? So it's interesting how race can also be connected to class. So we talked a, a little bit about that today mm -hmm. um, in our meeting. Yeah, but, interesting you brought that up. We did call you Kamala, <laughs> which means black in Cambodian, because she was the darkest one in the family. Let's talk about why people, including women, tend to spend so much time, money, and effort on our physical appearances. So I'm interested to hear, when did you start experimenting with makeup? At what age and why? Yeah, so I started wearing makeup in middle school. I think that's when a lot of my friends started wearing makeup too. Uh, my parents were against it in the beginning, but my mom would let me use like a little bit of hers. <laughs> um, so I just focused, I guess, on eye makeup because I wasn't good at doing like the foundation and face makeup. So I was like, I'll just do the eyes. Um, and during then I'd wear it almost every day, but just gradually as I got older, just less and less kind of out of laziness and didn't really feel like I needed it to go out. <laughs> Let's see, I started wearing makeup back in seventh grade, I think. And um, I think middle school was kind of like a lot of our turning points when, you know, peer pressure started building up within our development. That's when we start, you know, being a little more curious and, you know, wanting to try new things. And so makeup was one of those things that I really wanted to just kind of like, kind of get, you know, I wouldn't say in the bandwagon of, but it was, it was something that I wanted to start experimenting with, you know, and um, I really didn't know what I was doing. I knew what the basic tools were and I know where they go on my face, but that was yeah. about it. And I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I remember going to school and my mom would be like, why are you wearing so much eyeliner? And to me, it was just like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is this a lot? <laughs> you know, so it wasn't something that I was really conscious about. But then as you know, as I started, you know, moving onwards to high school and college, and it started just kind of evolving on its own. And I think we had, you know, we had trends. You know, I remember back in the day when it was like in the early 2000s, I was actually still in middle school back then. And um, we had this whole trend of, you know, having really thin eyebrows and I got into that <laughs> and it's funny yes, <laughs> right and yes. in my pictures on you know on online um my aunts overseas because I don't think they got into that trend I, I don't know if it was just big over here and um she would see my photos and she would tell my mom's like why does Ferda pluck her eyebrows so thin and I didn't really think that was, you know, a thing, you know, in terms of like, I, this is just what everyone's doing over here. I didn't think that was, you know, any different elsewhere. But, um, but now looking back, you know, you can, you can start to see where just the trends, they evolve over time and they even come back and make a circle, you know. And now it's like, you know, what Melissa said, it's more like fuller eyebrows and all of that. And to this day, I'm still, I still haven't mastered the whole you know, Kylie Jenner eyebrows thing or whatever, you know, so. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but I do get into the whole highlight and contouring and all that, but most of the time I prefer no makeup though, so. Yeah, similar to Ferda, I 
kind of jumped on the bandwagon too of thin eyebrows. Mm -hmm. It was really embarrassing and I wish that someone had stopped me, but I was really obsessed with plucking my eyebrows. Maybe one day I'll show <laughs> a picture to our listeners. <laughs> Or maybe not. Yeah, I started caring about my looks in middle school. That was re really when you start feeling like pressured by your friends and your classmates. That's when he puberty hits and everyone starts like some people were maturing faster than others. And you just wanted to fit in and like make friends and be cool. <laughs> I think I wore too much eyeliner, honestly, in high school. And I know my parents my relatives told me so in that stage you're just ignorant you know you don't want to hear from anyone you just want to do your own thing now I do wear just light makeup if it's a, for a special occasion then I tend to wear a little bit more um but it wasn't necessarily like feeling pressured like to wear makeup for my family it was more of I cared so much about what others thought of me and I wanted to feel and look more confident in myself um yeah, but now that I am older, I do focus more on skincare. I wore makeup here and there for occasions because of my mom and Melissa growing up. And for whenever we had like an event, like it was my birthday or graduation, Melissa would always do my makeup because I didn't know how to do it. And actually, I think it's because Melissa, you didn't really know my features. Why do I look like an alien? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, we... such a bad influence on Jasmine. I didn't start wearing makeup until, well, I didn't start wearing makeup regularly as a routine until I was 21 or 22. It was sometime after college when I was working. And, you know, growing up in school, I felt pressured, you know, like the popular girls always wore makeup, you know, they looked really nice, they had nice clothes. But I was really into K-dramas and K-pop. And like when you watch the idols on there, celebrities on there, like they don't need a lot of makeup. And the Korean culture emphasizes your natural features and looking fresh. So, you know, I did feel some pressures here and there. You know, I did feel self-conscious when I didn't wear makeup, but I felt like, well, I don't really need it, you know? Because my mom did say like, wow, you have a lot of amazing features from Matt and Ba, like your eyes, your skin, you know, all of that. So. I didn't really feel like I needed it. And also I just thought it was really expensive too. So, um, I mean, I think I'm amazed at myself for not wearing makeup regularly until 21 or 22. And I'm glad I didn't fall into the peer pressure. So the most that I would do like gradually over time was skin, like sunscreen, lotion and mascara, like nothing more than that. Um, yeah, but I just wanna encourage the young viewers out there like, if you don't want to wear makeup, you don't have to, you know, like, like it actually will help your skin if you don't start doing makeup, you know? Um, so yeah, just do what you want, do whatever makes you feel confident. And whenever you can like earn the money to buy the makeup, don't ask your parents for that. You need to work for it if you want it. So yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is a luxury. <laughs> With constant pressures from our family, friends, and society to wear makeup, does it actually make us feel more confident? I'd like to understand from your point of view on why you wear makeup and, or maybe you feel comfortable without. And I do want to note that there may be people out there who rely on makeup to cover scars from a bad accident. And, you know, this might be one way for them to look and feel confident. And if so, I think that's amazing and admirable. So... Let's open up the discussion to dive a little bit more deeper into this. Not really for me. Um, it was more like to fit in, like as we've mentioned um, back in middle school days, but I think I just like it to highlight like some parts, like if I want to do like some blush on my cheeks or just do some eyeliner. Um, that's about the extent of my makeup for day to day. Um, but mostly I didn't worry about it too much because I have sensitive skin. So it was hard to find like good products. And I was like, it's just exasperating the issue. So, you know, why worry about that? Yeah, you want to feel good too. You want to feel good just going about and you don't need it, you know, like you are beautiful the way you are. So if you feel like you don't need it, you don't need it. And I think like 
features like your smile and your eyes like that's already beautiful so I'm glad that you see that you don't have to you know and feel that pressure for me I wouldn't say um it makes me more confident I think it's you know just one of the many ways that I can express a different side to me um I definitely do like putting on makeup when it's um when there's a photo shoot or when there is um you know like a special occasion um but you know overall I think you know I see it as a way for me to look more put together so for example if I had like a bomb outfit on <laughs> not having the makeup to go along with it just makes the entire look you know look in balance so you know but that's to the extent of it you know it's fun it's fun to experiment it's fun to just kind of you know study your face um and see what you know and see what you know looks good on you but um I've gone to work school grocery shopping without makeup on and I felt just as confident as I would you know any other time so and now that I'm a mother ain't no one got time for that <laughs> priorities priorities you always look amazing for that like yeah yeah with or without you look amazing and you, your confidence really pulls it together you know oh thank you love it means a lot <laughs> and for me I would say yes in a way it does make me feel a little bit more put together and awake so as a kindergarten teacher like I have to have a lot of energy um so I usually wake up around like 5 30 which is super early I look exhausted so I feel like putting on makeup brightens up my eyes it makes me look a little bit more awake um and then it's also my me time so whether it's getting ready for a long day at work or getting ready for a special occasion like my anniversary or birthday um i think it's really nice and i just want to add in there that i definitely don't feel insecure when i go out without it so i can live without it um i'm perfectly fine with the way i look but it definitely took a long time for me to accept that you know um, but yeah, I'm glad that we're all like confident in our own skin. Yeah, with me, I had a couple of low points in my life because I dealt with really bad acne. And when I had bad acne, I, I wanted to cover it up with makeup and it just didn't really solve the issue. But I feel the most confident when I have good skin. And I do think that makeup does help your confidence a little bit. But it's truly from the inside, you know, you got to build self-confidence first and makeup just enhances your your features. Um, but, you know, on days, if I go to work without makeup on, then people really notice and point, Aww. they point it out. Yes. Like, oh, you know, they ask me if I'm sick. Are you tired? Like, are you sick? Or why do you look so tired today? Well, I didn't put on eyeliner, <laughs> you know, and I do feel that it makes you look more a little bit more alive and you know I just have a couple of things that I do like I like to enhance my eyebrows maybe add a little bit of eyeliner and then I use um, bare minerals foundation powder that helps with my acne and then I'm good to go like I don't need to wear fake lashes every day I don't need to spend you know so much time and money you know on my appearance just light makeup and I'm good to go makeup is not important you know feeling good about yourself like internally is is way more uh, critical and i'm interested to know about your experiences with acne <laughs> fun have you struggled with acne if so how do you take good care of your skin we're interested to know a little bit more about our skincare routines so frida will start us off oh my goodness um yes i have suffered um from that and I still do and um, I'm 31 and um, I think for the longest time as far as I recall even growing up I struggled with it a lot and just I think it's just within the last year I figured out um, what works for me in terms of um, skincare routine I just use a facial cleanser I exfoliate apply a water-based toner and then a moisturizer <laughs> and that's really it and I think the key is to keep yourself hydrated and just to moisturize and I have a very you know I have very oily skin and so you know I, I, I avoid foods such as um, chocolate or anything that's oily and fatty 
and um yeah and that's pretty much it and just getting enough sleep and i'm noticing that you know stress really does put a lot of work on your on your mm-hmm. texture you know your skin texture yeah. and i'm noticing in my photos right i'm getting more wrinkles and it's not due to age you know mm-hmm. it's due to other factors and so you know i really started looking into that and so you know within the last month and you know i'm keeping myself hydrated and i'm making sure that i'm drinking my water and water not coffee not tea water yeah and getting enough sleep getting plenty of sleep and i think that's really you know that's really key and you know just watch what you're eating and not be so indulgent and that's pretty much for me yeah at 31 i'm just figuring that out that's so. okay that's yep. okay <laughs> um <laughs> i struggled with acne in college um, I used birth control pills when I was in high school to help control and manage my acne. And once I didn't take it anymore, um, you know, my body returned to its normal system and routine. And then I had like clusters, like painful clusters, like around my face and it didn't go away. It was so bad that I felt really depressed and I went back on birth control pills. It helped for a long time until I went off of it again. And I don't want my body to rely on the medication. And so I started trying different products. I went, I even went to see a dermatologist, but they kept prescribing me very expensive treatments. Finally, I came upon this brand called Exposed Skincare. And it's about like $50 um, every three months for uh, a cleanser, a toner, and then um, a lotion. It has a different lotion, what you know, for morning or nighttime. So I've followed that routine. I've used these products because they're very natural. Like it has green green tea extract and like you know all these really good ingredients for your skin. And I notice improvements within two or three weeks. So it was amazing, and I've been hooked, you know, to this to this brand and you know, this is not sponsored <laughs> by them. Um, but I didn't use proactive solution too. And it worked for me like for a couple of years, but then my skin started getting used to it again. And then I started breaking out and I hated that it, the product bleached my towels. That's when you know how strong, you know, the ingredients are in those products. So I wanted, you know, something more natural for my skin. And that's really what works for me. Yeah, it's a struggle. I mean, I'm in my 30s too. Yeah, it's interesting that I bet the teenagers out there feel really self-conscious about their acne. But I think it's helpful that you both shared, like, even as you get older, you still have that issue, you know? So it's, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's about learning about your skin, right? Seeing what products work, making sure, like Ferda said, work on your inner self, you know, like sleeping and drinking water and all of that. I think that's really important. Prevention. Dress stress will make you break out because I I was working like 50 to 60 hour work weeks consistently and that was when I broke out the most and I kept like a diary of photos like every week to see the progression yeah because I wanted to to find out I was like doing experiments because I really wanted to know what was going on but yeah stress does um uh, cause you to have acne so if you are stressed Go do something to relax yourself, you know, go for a walk, um, do like a mindfulness meditation, do something to like get your mind off of anything that's troubling you, you know, you got to focus on work-life balance. Yeah, stress is so powerful, like the fact that it can show on your body and then that's when you know you need to take that time. Um, fortunately, acne hasn't affected me as much as others. Combination skin means that I can be oily and dry at the same time. And no matter what season it is, I always have dry skin. And acne pops up here and there in certain spots. I have a scar right now on my cheek from having shingles, which is another story I shared in a previous episode of being a woman of color in the workforce. When I was going through all of those things in my school, where I was working, where I am working, um, I was super stressed out and that showed on my cheek. So that's what the scar is. And I think 
at first I was so self-conscious about the scar, but then I realized like, no, it's an important reminder, Jasmine, that you need to like chill out <laughs> and you need to have that work-life balance. So yeah, if you're wondering, if you know me and you see me with the scar, um, just know that that's because I was super stressed out for like a prolonged period of time, you know? Yeah. So for my skincare routine, I kind of model, modeled it after Charlotte from Sokoglium. Um, amazing website if you want to learn more about Korean skincare. Um, I don't do the 12 steps that recommends yet because that's so expensive, but I did take some tips here and there. Yeah. 12 steps. Oh my gosh. 12 <laughs> steps? Well, like four I said before, steps and that like, takes Korean me so long. Super advanced. <laughs> yeah. So I just squash wow. my skin with water-based cleanser every morning and night. I moisturize. Um, very important for us to wear SPF every time we go out to prevent wrinkles and the radiation, all of that. Sometimes I use oil cleanser if my makeup really can't come out, like if it's like waterproof. <laughs> and I ideally would like to exfoliate more, use toner, put on sheet masks. But I haven't made time recently to make those steps as a part of my routine. Um, but yeah, I'm constantly going back to Soko Glam to see the products. And she has a lot of inf information about what products and what steps you need for your particular skin concerns. Um, so yeah, my opinion is that skincare is so expensive. So just start off with what you think you need first, and then you can kind of build on. But yeah, the more that we can prevent things from happening the better you know if we want to age well <laughs> exactly we all want to age well <laughs> that's the goal I don't know I had a lot of acne in middle school and high school um, and you know that was I guess the norm so I didn't worry too much about that and thankfully um, it went away but I did notice now um, similar to Ferda if I have a lot of oily foods and especially cheese um, my skin will break out immediately. <laughs> At least you know. <laughs> I know. I know now. It's like I kept noticing. It's like whenever I like binge on cheese, it's like this keeps happening. <laughs> Interesting. But it's probably the binging part. Maybe it's a part of like getting older. You know, <laughs> oh, man. affect you more now. <laughs> no, not my cheese. For all you young listeners. <laughs> it could be that though. It's like I just need to like lessen how much I'm eating at a time. <laughs> Right. All <laughs> uh, and then similar to Jasmine, I was also really interested in Korean skincare and that opened Woo! me up to looking at, yay, <laughs> <laughs> like clean beauty. Um, because of my skin conditions, like it was easier all around just to look for clean beauty rather than trying like cheaper, more harsh products. So uh, my routine now includes like a cleanser, exfoliant occasionally. Um, couple moisturizers, a sunscreen, and then I just started adding serums um, during quarantine. <laughs> what kind of serum? I'm interested because I don't use one. Oh yeah. Um, so at first I was using uh, AHA, so that's alpha hydroxy acid serum. Um, and then the one I'm using now is a retinol. So they're both resurfacing type serums. So they're supposed to help like freshen your cells, your skin cells. <laughs> For our curious listeners, what does your normal routine look like when we're getting ready for the day? All right. Um, I guess when I wake up, it's like brushing my teeth, cleaning my face, uh, applying sunscreen if I go out, um, which is rare these days, and then adding on a moisturizer. Uh, if I feel like wearing makeup, I'll do eyeliner. Um, and I would do like a little bit of foundation or highlighter, but now since no one sees that part of your face mostly, I, <laughs> I forgot that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh man. So for me, I have started wearing a night guard because I've started grinding my teeth while sleeping and it's made my teeth very, very sensitive when I go for a teeth cleaning. So for all you young listeners out there, you know, take care of your teeth. It's really, really important or else the medical bills will go up. My typical routine, well, I wash my face with my skincare products. Um, definitely use SPF. Um, I use Bior and I just buy it off of Amazon. It's like $12 and it lasts like half a year. Um, and I think that's really important 
for you to um, take good care of your skin and it minimizes wrinkles as you get older. And normally I just put on very light makeup and, you know, then I'm ready for the day. So I try not to spend too much time. I probably spend like 15 minutes getting ready and then I'm in the kitchen making my uh, meals for the day. So you always look nice though. I gotta say, because I live with Melissa now. Um, yeah. Uh. Even though she takes only a little bit of time, she looks amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah and now that's quarantine. <laughs> I just I literally roll out of bed. Well, for me, um, you know, like Melissa said, just keep it simple and um aside from you know the regular, you know, dental hygiene, brushing your teeth thing. Um, not that I have a baby, she's oh. part of my morning routine. So <laughs> So I can't take too much time right. um, doing my own because then I have to change her diaper, you know, mm-hmm. get her her milk and all that. So I just wash my face, put on a toner, put on moisturizer, and then I drink my water. Mm. And that's pretty much it. So you simple. Know, it simple. Love it. Simple. And, you know, the key is to be consistent. And, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of experimenting too. So like, okay, I want to know if, you know, if I do this after two, three weeks, is it going to, you know, have any changes on me? So you know yeah so with my covid routine i would like at most i would do like my brows and my mascara but let's just pretend like it's a normal time so of course brushing my teeth is always first in the morning and i usually wash my face with water-based cleanser because my skin gets oily overnight and then i leave my contacts for last because i feel like it burns in the morning oh no that's not good it was burning in your eyes no but i mean like you know when you wake up and your eyes are tired you know you don't want to put because i feel like for my contacts it makes my eyes a lot bigger Mm. yeah but Mm. it's like like when jasmine puts her contacts on that's when i'm awake you know i have to be by the way jasmine's a teacher so she always refers to herself in third oh yeah (laughs) miss moon and jasmine yeah (laughs) and after that i moisturize if i'm going out i'll put spf and then do my makeup. So my makeup is usually the same exact products. <laughs> my brows, eyeliner, mascara, blush, but it's not really that much. So I keep it pretty light, unless if it's a special occasion, like I said earlier. With pressures coming from our families, older relatives, friends, classmates, our jobs, do you feel pressure to keep up with beauty standards? How have your perspectives of makeup transformed from when you were a kid to now being an adult? The most Pressure has been, you know, about skincare. Um, I haven't been feeling pressured about fashion, you know, in the last couple of years. It's like I do my own thing. I care more about comfort and what fits me rather than trying to fit to trends. Um, for skincare, it has been like a lifelong journey because I've had um, body eczema in different places. And so that affected like my self-esteem a lot. And it's like, oh, I don't have the same skin as everyone else. Um, So that is something that I've worked through a lot um, and just started to like accept it and see like, this is something I can work on and it's okay that I have this. It's not, um, you know, a negative about me. Um, No, not really. I think I just do what works for me really. If If I see something that I think is, you know, that I think suits me and, and it does look gorgeous and it works. I do it, you know, um, in all honesty, the whole, you know, highlighting on contouring, it did not start with Kim Kardashian, no shade. <laughs> it's been around forever. And, you know, and drag queens have actually used that. They look amazing. For, uh, for a while. Exactly. They look absolutely amazing. And they, it's, it's been around for a while and drag queens were some of them, are some of them, you know, the, the first ones to utilize that technique. And, um, and when, when, you know, when the whole thing, oh, it's right with Kim K, you know, it, when that popped up, you know, I was like, eh, it's, it's whatever. And then I actually started practicing it on myself and I was like, hey, you know what, this actually does work. And it did, you know, it does make me look cool (laughs) so that's you know I think for me that's the only you know trend that I I am keeping that I'm keeping 
but um, as far as any other trends, I'm like, uh, I don't think that's really me. Then I'm not gonna follow. Then I'm not gonna hop on the you know bandwagon or whatever. But yeah, pretty much I just do what works for me and what looks good on me, and that's it. You know, I I you know I really strive to, you know, for me like my my makeup motto or just my beauty motto is classical and timeless. I want you know my daughter to like. 30 years from now to find a picture of me and be like, oh, mom, you know, you know, you, you, you were so beautiful. I love that. And not be like, mom, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know? Oh, God. So, <laughs> <laughs> really go for that timeless and classic look. I do that with my sisters. <laughs> oh, like I laugh at Melissa and Jessica and my sisters for the things that they've done. But Ferda, like, I'm so happy that you feel that way and, you know, empowering your, your daughter already to be proud of herself and to be confident, fearless. Coming out of college, my first job was in the hospitality industry, and I worked at a private club for elite members. And, you know, most of these members were CEOs, presidents of companies, and you know, my fair, my very first bonus was like $500 to go buy really nice clothes. That to me, I felt like was a stage where I felt the most pressure to look good. Now that I look back, I'm like, why did I do that? You know, like, I don't need to wear that much makeup. I don't need to dye my hair like every two months um, or buy clothes every single week just to keep up with the trends. Now I feel less pressure. I don't really care anymore about what other people think of me. For me, self-confidence comes from like my skills and experiences, like what I feel good about myself, what I'm really good at. And I, th I think what's important is ultimately your health and happiness. And I've learned things the hard way. That's how I've always learned through mistakes. When you get older, you just mm -hmm. stop caring about what others think of you and more about your your happiness. I think that's why it's important for us to talk about it today because we want to inspire women and and young girls and any anyone else who's listening, you know, to just focus on you because at the end of the day, you got to love yourself. That's what's important. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it's you that you're stuck with, you know, like with all of your thoughts, you're the one that's living your life. If you work in an industry that focuses on appearances this is what you're going to think about all the time and if you're in this type of industry it can feel pretty toxic if you're constantly beating yourself up about needing to lose weight and look good so i definitely recommend switching to a different industry to help alleviate some of those pressures and trust me i have gone through this it really does make a significant difference and shift in your life I strongly believe that your environment influences your actions and behaviors and how you feel about yourself overall. And it's interesting because when we're younger, we're kind of in a circle, like in a bubble, and we just are confined with other people and we compare like with that, with people in that bubble. But once you go to college and beyond, like there's just so many people that there's no like popularity necessarily, you know? Um, so if you're in school, like, We'll share some advice later, but I hope that our insights are helpful for you to hear from people who are a little bit older, you know, and have learned. For me, I don't necessarily feel pressured by beauty and fashion standards anymore like I'm used to when I was a preteen and teenager. Lately, I've been more focused on my health, um, and I'll explain a little bit about that. But yeah, I'm not saying that I don't feel self-conscious sometimes. Like sometimes you go on Instagram or you see celebrities and you think, wow, like they're lucky to look that way. Um, but then I just remind myself, like, what are some things that I love about myself? You know, what are some things that they don't have? You know, because I feel like there's no one like you. So why should you be worried about how someone else looks like and wishing you could be them, you know? So with the support of my boyfriend, Joseph, um, I've been taking health and fitness more seriously. And we I asked him yesterday how, how long it's been. <laughs> it's been like seven months. So we've been working on like improving ourselves. And it's interesting because I may look thin, but I went to the gym like before the pandemic happened. 
um, yeah, a couple months before that. And then the personal trainer, like, she measured my body fat, and she said it was like 26.5. And that was kind of, it was in the green, like the healthy level, but it was more towards the bottom, you know, so it's like not the healthiest. And then that's when I realized, like, yeah, I may look like this, it's not going to be like this forever. Um, especially since we were like buying junk food when we went to get groceries, you know, like, and I wasn't sleeping the best, I was stressed out a lot. So yeah, you may, someone may look thin, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy. So I've been focusing on eating and cooking better. I'm having a regular workout routine weekly, like almost daily, you know, having some kind of routine. And that way it kind of makes me feel better about what I eat, you know, and it makes me feel better when I have those moments where I just watch YouTube videos. Um, but yeah, it's been interesting because Joseph, my boyfriend, like, he made me realize like you can work for your results. You can find ways to look better. So um, like if you want to fix your posture, like there are workout routines designed to help you put your shoulders back so you're not slouching all the time. And then that can also help your confidence, you know? Or if you want abs, like work for it. Like you can't just say that you want it, you have to work at it. And if you see people in the media with all of those things, okay, if they done surgery, then they didn't do it. They didn't work for it. But, you know, for the people who did, like, they have to work for that and they have to maintain that too. So it just, just doesn't happen, like, right away, you know? So if you want to look better, you know, be better, you have to build that into your routine, you know? Um, and now I feel much more confident wearing clothes that I want to wear. And so I really encourage you to think about what you can control, right? Like we can spend all day complaining, you know, about stuff we can't control. How about we shift that instead to think about what can you do, you know? Whether that's makeup or skincare or like exercising, eating healthy, sleeping, all of those things that we mentioned today. Those are really good points though. Those are really, really good points. Sorry, Jasmine, I went on a tangent there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was I good. Clear because <laughs> I learned a lot like about like it's important to be healthy, yeah. you know? It's not just a trend. Like mm -hmm. literally you got to be healthy because I didn't I was so surprised to find out that my body fat was so bad, you know? Yeah, I've been impressed with Jasmine's routine, you know, being her roommate. <laughs> Cuz she knows how lazy I am. No. <laughs> no, everyone makes their own choices. I know, that. everyone makes their own choices. <laughs> it's just funny cuz like if she has meetings throughout the day sometimes i'll hear her dancing and i'm like wait wasn't she just that. in a meeting it's because in between her breaks she'll dance to like get her body moving exactly. so she's just so disciplined well, especially with, with covid we're yeah, on our computer so long you know so it's important to get up and move for our young listeners out there let's share what we do to feel a little bit more confident internally and externally what are some of our tips, advice, and words of wisdom? Yeah, uh, definitely start internally if you can. Um, that takes more time, I feel like, to go through. Uh, at least it did for me because there's, you know, a lot of the influences around you, whether it's personal or media, um, that it's really harmful to compare yourselves to other people because you are uniquely you. Um, and you have great things about yourself. Um, so it took a lot of time for me to be confident in myself and, you know, accepting that I do have flaws, but so does everyone else. Um, and I'm still working on myself. Uh, so a lot of it is about being patient and loving towards yourself and definitely having like a good support system. Like I had um, awesome friends and um, family members who, you know, just bring out your positives. Um, and it's maybe cheesy, but positive affirmations help too. <laughs> positive self-talk really works. It does. Because I mean, if you start thinking about what you say to yourself throughout the day, like, is it more positive or is it more negative? Because it does affect your actions and, and how you think of yourself. Self-talk is the internal voice in our head. These are the thoughts that we hear and tell ourselves from the moment we wake up to when we go to sleep. The power of self-talk overrides negative thoughts in our head with positive ones. And this allows us to have more appreciation for ourselves in our life. 
The practice of positive self-talk is often the process that allows you to discover the hope and joy in any given situation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's, it's really imperative for you to have, you know, to start with self-acceptance because there's so many different versions of what is the truth out there. And you got to find your own truth and growing up, you know, you're going to find a lot of voices ringing at your ears and you got to find your voice, you know, and it's going to take time to weed out all the other voices and really have that self-conviction and believe and trust in your own voice. And that was something that I struggled with growing up. Um, just, you know, even to this day, I'm hearing certain voices in my head that, you know, that I acquired growing up that, that is not mine. But, you know, as I grow, you know, as, as I evolve and as I am mature, um, you know, I'm becoming more and more aware of, you know, you know, whose voice that is, is it mine, is it not? And you get to choose which voice that you get to keep, you know? And I think that, you know, that really does, that affects your self-perception, you know what I mean? And I think it starts right there because everything else, once you have that self-conviction in your heart, it really doesn't, you know, it'll really transpire through the external parts of you and you wouldn't be so, you know, pressured to, I don't get into the wave of, you know, trends or, you know, certain beauty standards that you know are not for you. And yeah, it just really starts with, you know, that, that internal, you know, aspect. So really start with that. And then the rest, I think is something that you will find along the way. Thank you, Farida. Yeah, self-acceptance is so important. And I feel like I was so insecure growing up and I just want to like speak to you like how I would have wanted someone to tell me, you know, when I was in school. So like Kathy said, there's no one like you in this world. So embrace your flaws and love every part of you. I remember I used to hate my shoulders, you know, hate certain things about myself, but now it's like, eh, it's okay. Like that's a part of me, you know? So I would say be your biggest fan, like pump yourself up. <laughs> and if you change yourself to look like someone else, you'd be a clone and not you. And it's kind of like making money, right? The more you want it and get it, the more you'll keep wanting it. So, so stop chasing after like what someone else looks like, you know, um, think about what you really want for yourself. So with that, I would say focus on healthy thinking and habits that will boost your confidence. If you decide to try makeup, you don't have to, but think about how you can enhance your natural features and not hide them. And then make sure you wash your face so it doesn't stay and then cause acne and then make you feel more insecure. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, never, never oh sleep with makeup on. No, <laughs> uh, from experience, that's I think we can no, all no. agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> and the reality of it is that like everyone's going to grow old. You can't, you can't stop that from happening. So I would say embrace your youth. I don't know about you all, but whenever I look back at pictures of myself when I was younger, I always think about like, wow, I actually really had nice skin or wow, I really liked my hair. Like, but back then I was so insecure about myself. And then now when I'm looking back at the pictures, I actually see the beauty, you know? So it's just interesting how when we look back, we kind of see our youth and we embrace it better. So I think, yeah, just be proud of yourself. And like Melissa said, self-talk, positive self-talk, self-love. And I want you to think about like, think of yourself as your friend. Like think of yourself like this is you. You're, you are your own friend. So are your words that you're saying to your friend, you, helpful or harmful? And because thoughts can affect the way we think about ourselves and you don't want to have that negative self-talk in your brain, right? Because like we said, you're stuck in your body, so you might as well learn to love and grow along with it. And then for all of our viewers, after this episode, um, I challenge you to look in the mirror and think about one thing you love about yourself, whether that's something from within or something that you love about yourself outside, you know, on the outside. 
So within that might be like helping others, being very positive, being funny, being a kind friend or mother or boyfriend or whatever. And then on the outside, maybe think about parts of you that you have, like your smile, your eyes, you know? So I really encourage you to think about that after this episode, you know, to get yourself thinking more positively. I think um, that it's so easy for us to fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to others. And especially since we're mostly on social media, you know, if you're following beautiful models on Instagram, you're constantly wanting to look like them. And, you know, I, after hearing about that from someone, I looked through my Instagram and then I started unfollowing those models and then started adding more like positive, um, inspirational quotes, like from other Instagrammers. And that's, and I started adding more like photos of nature, like things that um, kind of improved my outlook. Um, So I would say, you know, stop comparing yourself to others and start fill your life with more positive, more productive um, type things that you're seeing, you know, on a daily basis. And also one thing that I did growing up was, I don't know why I thought this was okay, but I wore really tight clothes. (laughs) My voice, I wore really tight clothes. And I thought that was like the style. I thought this was supposed to make you look good, but then it only made me more self-conscious about my body. So once I started ordering like a size higher and not caring about the labels, I felt better about my body because I'm like, oh, wow, this is actually loose on me. (laughs) So that's perfectly fine. So I started ordering a size up and that's okay. Once I got over that hump, you know? So, you know, my advice for that is wear clothes that fits you and your your body type so that it could bring more confidence um and also um practice getting good at something because that will help boost your confidence practice getting good at something learn a new skill take on like a new hobby or volunteer you know to help improve your life because i think when you help others you feel good about yourself at the end of the day um What are some final comments we'd like to share with our listeners, especially for those who need a confidence boost or some words of inspiration? This is not sponsored, but there's this great account that I saw on Instagram um, called Iway, W-E-I-G-H. And they discuss inclusivity and acceptance of oneself and others. And the reason they're named that way is because they would ask their followers to submit a post about themselves saying, um, what do you weigh other than your weight? Like, what are some, like, attributes about yourself that make you who you are? Um, Rather focusing on, like, the physical aspects. Um, Other than that, you know, it'd be about focus on your positives, no matter how small to start, and keep building on that. Um, be grateful and kind to your body because that's the only body that you'll get and you deserve that. I like the being grateful part because I think that's so important. It's like reframing your mind and how you think of life. Like, for example, for me, um, instead of like, oh, I have to go to work, I started thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, I have a job. At least I have a job. Like, I'm so grateful for that. I think it changes everything, your perspectives and Uh, it makes you just become a more positive person. Yeah, I'm going to second that. Um, I think having gratitude is extremely important. You know, it is kind of like a a positive reaffirmation too. And it just, it just makes you, you know, it just makes you feel better overall. And I, and, um, you know, on that note, you know, my advice would be to surround yourself with People who, you know, have a healthy mindset, people who are motivated, people who support you and people, you know, who want better for themselves, you know, and your company is really crucial to your development, to your health and to your success. I agree, Frida. I want the listeners to know, too, that it's going to take a lot of time to build your confidence. Um, All of us went on a journey and we're still going on a journey and we're at a point where we are like happy with ourselves 
or if it doesn't happen fast, that's fine. You know, like little steps that you can make are great. And like Freda said, I would agree with her to surround yourself with people who love you and support you, not bring you down because of the way you look or dress. Um, I was that kid that wore a lot of hand-me-downs and I didn't want to ask my parents for money. So I would wear things until they broke, like my shoes and my pants, you know? But like my friends didn't really care, the ones that, you know, I kept close to me. Um, they just always said like, Jasmine, you're so positive and all of these things that matter more. So you wanna keep people in your life who lift you up. And you also don't need to look a certain way to be confident. And kind of what we were echoing throughout this whole episode, if you're confident from within, that shows, you know? Like no matter how you look like, as long as you're confident, people will believe you if you believe in it yourself. But then you have to do that work to believe in yourself. So love yourself, be kind to yourself, and yeah, be patient with yourself too, because it's going to take a little bit, you know, until you get there. Yeah, I have the same sentiments as the three of you. Focus on creating a positive, nurturing environment for yourself. And that means re removing anything toxic in your life, including, um, you know, bad relationships or friends who put you down or jobs that are not making you happy. Also, what we touched on was your health, eat vegetables and, and lean proteins, exercise, make sure you're getting enough sleep. And I think you'll feel, you know, much better about yourself when you do all those things and, and know that no one is perfect. Be proud of like all your imperfections is really what makes you, you, your unique self. And as Jasmine mentioned, you know, there's no one else like you. So start embracing who you are and the sooner you start loving yourself, the sooner you'll live a more fulfilling life and you can really leverage your full potential. Yay! This is such a great talk and I hope that our listeners feel like refreshed, you know, after listening to all of this. And we would love to know more about your thoughts too, about what resonated with you. Um, sadly, this is all the time we have for today. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this beauty chat. And a big thank you to Kathy and Freda for joining us today. It was nice to hear all of our different experiences. And all of us are super confident women. Um, so I am so happy that you got to be a part of it today. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. Visit our website at twokamarikansisters.com or our Instagram at twokamarikansisters. Catch you all in the next episode. Bye. 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 Bye.